the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. And uh, there's so many different ones. So I've been studying on this. And so maybe for the next, I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks, um, we're going to do a little series on uh, the parables of the kingdom. And so that's what I want to talk to us today. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn uh, to Matthew chapter 13. And uh, Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to read verses 44 through 46. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You could help me with that, Brother Zach. But Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. If you have it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk today, and the Bible gives three uh, parables here about the kingdom of heaven right in a row, in a row. but we're not going to deal with the third one today. We're going to catch that one at a little later date. But um, just for your reading today, if you want to know uh, what's going to happen if you don't sell all that you have and buy this treasure, this pearl of great price, what's going to happen to you? You just go ahead and read verses 47 and 48 of that parable of the kingdom of heaven is likened unto and uh, you're going to realize if you don't buy everything if you don't buy into this that's what's going to happen to you and that's not one of the apostles talking that's Jesus Christ himself talking if you have a bible that um, is written in red or the words of Jesus Christ when they are spoken you will see that that is written in red here this morning and, but I want to deal with these first two parables today and I've preached a message off of the first parable and uh, before, but I want to try to bring these two together today. And I want to talk to us this morning on the cost is the same. The cost is the same. The terms kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven or just kingdom appear over 150 times within your Bible. The kingdom, what is the kingdom of heaven? It is a reverence to, or, uh, to God's reign or his authority to rule. Where there is a kingdom, there must be a king. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, he instructed them to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God is the place where God's will is done fully and completely. Jesus in his ministry speaks of the kingdom as something that has already come, but he also speaks of it as something that has yet to come. The kingdom comes in stages, if you will. Just bear with me just for a moment and let me build a foundation uh, here today for the kingdom come to earth in Jesus Christ which the incarnation it was that place where heaven touched earth 
Then the kingdom come again to earth, but it come in the power in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And the church become an expansion of the kingdom of God. And so the church is the place where God's will is done fully and completely. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 that he chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I come to tell you today that you need the church. You gotta have the church. The church has to be your most important thing. And uh, talking with my wife uh, coming to church today about this and just relaying a little bit to her and she let me know that every preacher has a theme, brother DJ, they kind of talk about and they deal with this and she let me know that this was probably my theme here and uh, not just this morning, but this is what I talk about, but this is what I believe in. I bleed the church. I believe in the church. My focus is on the church. I, I believe so many troubles and problems that we have within our family and within uh, this world that we live in that could be done away with if we would just put our focus and our love on the house of God and the things of God and the ways of God and to be faithful to the church, to the men of God, to God. All of these other problems that we deal with a lot of time would go away. And so I want again to deal with this morning with the church. Well, is that gonna be what all these kingdom parable messages is gonna be? No, it's not, but uh, that's what it's gonna be on this morning. My focus this morning is gonna be on the church. This kingdom of God as it exists in the world right now, this is the realm of those who have been bought with the blood of the lamb and have been empowered by the Holy Ghost. This is the church. To be a part of the kingdom slash church, if you will, is the greatest opportunity that life has to offer you. The kingdom is a treasure. The church is a treasure. And those who really believe in it will sacrifice everything else in their lives to obtain the treasure. Jesus often introduced the truths of the kingdom in the context of parables like these. These kingdom parables often begin with the words, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. It's likened unto the church. It's likened unto the love for the house of God. And so here we find our scripture here today and we read from, and from Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. And so it's very just one single verse, very, uh, if you will, simple, but very profound in verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven, or if you will, let me paraphrase that meaning here today. Again, the church is likened unto a treasure hid in a field the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy, catch that word right there. Remember that word. We're gonna come back and hit that here in just a moment. But for joy, therefore goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. Hiding a treasure in a field was a common thing 
in that day. Uh, it was more common, if you will, than it is today. People today put their money in banks and they put it in uh, stocks and bonds or whatever they can to invest, maybe even in real estate. But back then, they, they didn't have stocks and bonds and they didn't have banks. And so if you will read and go and study history and there's even some of them old timers, uh, they'll take their money and they would put it in jars or earthen vessels and they would bury it in the ground when, uh, especially when the, uh, they would begin to talk about, well, the Philistines are coming or the Medes and the Persians or the Babylonians are coming. We're fixing to go to war. And they would go out and they would take their, uh, their money or whatever they had of value, uh, uh, costly pearls or whatever it was, and they would put them in jars or in earthen vessels and they would go and they would find somewhere that they would remember and maybe mark the spot, maybe draw a map or whatever it might be. And they would dig in the ground and they would hide these treasures within the ground and they would hide them. And so that one day when the war was over, when uh, the thieves would come and they would go, when everything would be okay, that there was a time and they would hope that they could go out into the field again and they could dig up their treasure. They could dig up their money. They could dig up uh, whatever valuables that they had. But there was some people in War, there's casualties in war, Brother Adam. And uh, during the casualties of war, people die and they, uh, they don't make it back home. And so therefore, their treasure uh, is just laid in the field. It's just there and nobody knows where it's at. And so when the Lord began to introduce uh, this uh, parable, a lot of these people knew what he was talking about the concept to his disciples and to the people. Uh, it was something that was familiar to them. The Bible does not tell us what exactly this man was doing, uh, but I would maybe like to envision him as maybe a sharecropper, a farmer. And I, I own some property, or part own some property that um, this we uh, lease it out. We do uh, farming on shares and this farmer, he, he farms our ground and he uh, plants beans every year. And uh, Brother DJ, I would never know if he found the treasure in the field, if there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow down there somewhere in that field and maybe when he had that old plow in the ground and uh, maybe hit something and he come back by and there's an old jar sitting there and it's full of diamonds and pearls and old money and coins and man how would I know it was there how would I know but the Bible said that it was there he he found that he was uh working in the field. I don't know, maybe he was digging an old corner post and as he began to dig and set an old corner post, there he hit something. But I, I don't know what he was doing, but all I do know that he recognized that this was a treasure in a field and he looks at it and so immediately he looks at it and he puts it back. He doesn't, inventory, he doesn't do the inventory very much. He doesn't... Uh, mess with it very much, he don't pack it around for days, but the Bible said that he put it right back. With, he, he took one glimpse at it, one, one little glue, just one little look at it. He realized that, man, this is a treasure 
worth having. This is a treasure worth going. And the Bible said that he went back and he began to count the cost. He began to look, okay, what do I have that I can sell? I gotta buy this field, I don't know. And so the Bible said that he realized that it took all that he had. He couldn't just sell the house. He couldn't just sell the car. He couldn't just sell the tractor. He couldn't just sell his tools, the Bible said. But when this man took inventory of what he had, he realized that he was gonna have to sell everything that he owned to buy the field. He had to sell the tractor. He had to sell the cars. He had to sell the livestock. He had to sell the horses. He had to sell the cows and the dogs and and all the dishes and the china that maybe grandma and grandpa had passed down to them. He, He had to sell everything that was worth anything and everything to him and his family. And he went in and he took stock and said, well, maybe I can keep this or maybe I can keep that. No, when he took stock of it, he realized I can't keep nothing of what I own and so I gotta sell everything that I had. And when he took stock of it, he realized that the treasure that was in the field was worth everything that he owned, everything that he possessed, everything that he had and it wasn't a question can I keep this can I hold on to this can I keep this no I'll tell you what it is it's worth everything and with joy the Bible said with a glad heart he said you know what I'm going to sell everything that I got there's nothing in this world worth missing heaven over What are you talking about here today? The value of the kingdom or the church is worth giving up everything to gain entrance to the kingdom. Everything that you have here today is worth selling for the church, for God, to make heaven your home today. What are you talking about? The point of the parable was that he found something so valuable that he didn't care about giving up everything. He comes straight home. He picked up the phone. He called old Bob Laswell auction service. He called old Jim Levin's auction service, brother DJ, and he said, hey, I'm gonna have an estate sale. I'm gonna sell everything that I have plus my real estate. I want you to come and give me an evaluation of everything that I own. And I love to attend estate auctions. I love going, Brother Den, to them estate auctions and real estate auctions. There's something about plundering through everybody's junk, I guess you will, and just looking at it. And I have so many times brought home truckloads of junk from car, from auctions, uh, uh, from estate auctions. I love going to them. I bought uh, some real estate through estate auctions, but there's something about going, but there was something about this he wasn't putting. But everybody probably doubt, no doubt in the Bible don't deal with this, but I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody thought he was crazy. Come on. Brother Tim, if you come home and you said, uh, Sister Anita, 
We are going to sell everything we got. Uh, we're going to sell this new home and this land, this farm and these cars, and we're going to sell everything. Well, no, honey, I, I, this was this was my mama's stuff right here. This my mama gave me. Oh no, honey, we're going to sell it. We're going to sell it. Wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody thought that that man was crazy when he come home and the old, the old auction service sign went up and said, we're going to have an estate auction here. But here's the problem that they didn't know or they didn't understand that he had found a treasure in the field and he knew that anything and everything that I possess is not worth what I found in the field. They don't understand about the treasure. They don't understand. I'm going to tell you something. Your family might think you're crazy today. Oh, you're crazy. You go over to that church. You look like that. You dress like that. You partake like You're that faithful to church. But what your family, what your friends don't understand is the treasure that you found in the field. The feeling that you feel when you come to the house of God. And the Come on, it's worth giving up everything over. It's worth them forsaking everything that this world has to offer us today to buy the treasure, to give up for the treasure that's in the field. Say, oh, Brother Caleb, I'm gonna tell you something today. Don't think for a moment there ain't a lot of things in life that we could part with that we could get rid of. I know the hurt might be there for a moment. The hurt might be there to give up a few things for a moment, but I'm telling you here today, well, I don't think I can part with my friends. I don't think I could part. I don't think I, you don't have, I'm gonna tell you something, the only time you gotta start giving up your friends is when their lifestyle starts bleeding over and you start acting like them and them not like you. You need to be leading them to Christ. You need to be leading them to the church. You need to be inviting them, but if you're, you're going their way and they're not coming your way, them are the kind of friends that you need to cut off and say, you know what? That's not feathering me in the kingdom. That's not helping me get the treasure that's in the field. I gotta have the treasure. It's worth selling out over. It's worth giving everything up over. What are you talking about? With joy, he sold it. With joy, he sold everything that he had. Well, I don't know, preacher. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 45, the second parable. And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and he bought. The Greek word for merchant in this passage of scripture is in reference to a wholesaler, a man that would travel from city to city, searching through the marketplaces, the fishing ports, the trade fairs, looking for high grade pearls to buy or to buy for resale. Our modern equivalent might be to those folks that go and search through old barns or attics or thrift stores or 
the, what is that, the DNV and DNV or whatever that is uh, at the uh, place and they, they find these vases and you read about it sometimes on the news that uh, maybe there was a painting that was worth a lot of money that they bought for just a few dollars. I, I believe I read not too long ago and I wish I would have saved it uh, for this message but uh, bought a vase and this vase was, I believe she bought it for like five or six dollars and wound up selling this for uh, I believe almost up in the hundreds of thousands if I remember right with this vase and uh, she bought it just at a, a little thrift store in uh, their local town there but this was like this person this person this was their job this man was is searching for someone that has a peril of greater value than the price that they are asking for it He's looking, this is how he makes his living. Pearls were very valuable in the first century. They were as valuable as any precious gem or anything that could be offered. They were the diamonds of our age, if you will. Their value was determined by their rarity. They were hard to obtain. Divers would gather them from the dangerous depths in the Red Sea, the Persian Gulf, or the Indian Ocean. Uh, pearl divers would literally tie rocks, big heavy rocks with ropes around their necks and they would take deep breaths and they would dive down uh, and let that rock sink them to the bottom and begin to hunt for them oysters and they would begin to hunt for that pearl of great price and many, many, many divers lost their life in that day and time not being able to get away from the rock or the rope or something happened and it would take their life. But the deal what it is, it was uh, worth it to them to do this, to try to find the pearl of great price. And ancient reports and history will tell you that there were uh, some of these pearls would be worth in the tens of millions of dollars in modern currency. And so when they found something, they found something of rarity. They, it changed their life totally. They could have been maybe just a beggar or just a pauper or just somebody that barely got by, but just at the finding of this pearl, all, all of the anguish and the trouble that they went through to find this pearl, but when they finally found it, it changed their life very, it changed their life so much. Uh, from the old life that they used to live uh, was nothing. It was just a memory in their mind after that. They had everything that they wanted. I come to tell you today, this parable is speaking to us this morning. When you found this pearl, it will change your life. Your past life will be just a memory. But I'm gonna tell you something today. This pearl of great price is worth selling out over. It's worth giving everything up over. It's worth it changing your life for eternity. The Bible said that he is a seeker of pearls and he recognizes immediately the value of the pearl or if you will, the church that he is looking at. And though the pearl was very costly, 
he immediately determines that it was more than worth the price that they was asking. Woo! Once again, we see a man going and selling all that he has to buy the treasure. Unlike the farmer from the previous parable, the merchant was probably a man of means. He had a little, he had a little money about him. He had things of value. He was, this was his job. He bought pearls. He paid the price that they was asking for it. But this pearl was such an incredible treasure. It was such an incredible pearl that the only way that he could pay the price was to sell everything that he owned. I come to tell you today, I don't care if you're rich or poor. I don't care what kind of status you have in life. When you come to the church and when you find Jesus, it's gonna cost each and every person the same price that it cost these two men within these two parables. It cost the poor man everything that he owned and he had to sell out. It cost the circuit, the seeker, the merchant, the man with money. It cost him everything that he owned to purchase the pearl. It's gonna cost every one of you. You gotta die out to sin. You gotta repent of your sin. You gotta ask God to forgive you of your sin. He said every repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ with the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say some of you. He didn't say part of you, but he said every one of you. You got to repent. If you know anything about investing or if you are an investor, if you invest some money, I know there's some that in here has got some stocks and bonds and stocks and but you always know that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. I've did that before and it's come back to bite me. Having all my eggs in one basket as the old saying goes. But that's what this parable is talking about here today. It's a, it's a contradiction to what we've always been taught or uh, what we think far as uh, in our lives, the carnal man. Jesus is telling them that... Uh, Take all that you have and put it right here. Put all your eggs in one basket. And there's some lessons that we can learn from this this morning if we will allow that to be applied to our life. And if we'll listen to this preacher today, the first and perhaps the most obvious lesson to be learned here is that the kingdom or the church is worth just that much. It's worth everything that you have. If you're ever gonna put all your eggs in one basket, this is the basket you wanna put your eggs in. The kingdom of God is valuable beyond understanding. Everything that is in this world we deem worthwhile or important counts as nothing compared to the exceeding value of being part of the church of God, being part of God's blood-bought apostolic 
church. It is the pearl of great price here today. It is the treasure that's in the field today. When you found the church, you found the most important thing in your life. You found the most important thing that you could ever get a hold of within this world. Another lesson that may be not as obvious, but it's just as important. The treasure was hidden in a field, but the pearl had to be sought after. They wasn't, they wasn't just obvious to the casual observer. So what are you talking about? Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The true value of the kingdom of God is hidden from the carnal man. The worldly man, the worldly mind that is preoccupied with the things of this world never really recognizes the value of the kingdom or the church. It never really understands just how precious the treasure really is. I come to tell you today, and I'm gonna throw you a little nugget here this morning, that if you don't truly understand the value of the church or of your pastor, you might need to check your little carnal mind here today and see, do I really believe in the treasure that's in the field? Do I really believe in the pearl of great price? Because I come to tell you today, when you found the church, when you found the house of God, it's worth everything. This is a personal relationship with God. The key figure in both of the parables is an individual. An individual who discovers a tremendous treasure and determines to do whatever is necessary to obtain the treasure. What are you talking about? The Bible says, save yourself from this untoward generation. Save yourself. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm gonna tell you, you've gotta make up your own mind. I love my wife with all of my heart. I would give my life for her. I would give my life for my children. But at the end of the day, Brother Aaron, they gotta make up their own mind that they're gonna be saved. They gotta make up their own mind that this treasure that's in the field is worth selling out over. I can't get them to help to heaven. I can't buy their way in to heaven. It's, a, it's an individual relationship with God and only you as an individual here today has got to be able to make up their mind when I found the treasure, when I seen the pearl of great price, it was worth everything over. It was forsaken, it was worth forsaken mom and dad, sister, brother, husband, wife. I gotta be saved. I gotta save myself. 
We sing the song around the house of God and we sing it just in casual. If daddy don't go, I'm gonna carry on. If mama don't go, I'm gonna carry on. If husband don't go, if wife don't go, kids don't go, I'm gonna carry on. But when the rubber meets the road, it's a little different story. What are you talking about? This lesson. What are you talking about? You got to do whatever it takes to find the treasure in the field. Well, hey, we come at it from all different angles. Brother Tim, you knew about it. Tim Jones, you heard about it. You've been a little part of it. Sister Anita, she didn't know nothing about it. You know how she comes, she's in the church? Because of you today. That's how she found this pearl of great price. So many different other ones I can name. Brother Matherly, if it wasn't for his wife being stable, being committed in the house of God and finding the pearl of great price. Oh man, they knew about it. Brother Tim comes seeking it. He was like the merchant. He knew somewhere within all this rubble, with all of this seaside marketing, somewhere there's a pearl that I can find and it's worth the price that they're asking for it. But there comes another person, Sister Anita, Brother Matherly. They just stumble upon it. They just find it like the farmer within the field. They just find it. But I'm gonna tell you something today. It's both gonna cost them the same thing. It's gonna cost them selling everything that they have to obtain the treasure that's within the field. I don't care how you found it today, as long as you found it, as long as you got in the church, as long as you hear this message this morning, I'm offering you the treasure that's within the field. I'm offering you the pearl of great price today. Say, oh, preacher, I don't know about it. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something today. When the sign goes up, the auction sign goes up in the yard. We're going to sell it. We're going to have an auction here today. What are you selling? I'm selling everything. Everything. Oh, brother, everything. I'm selling everything. Well, my goodness, you're selling that house and uh, that land that's got a spring. Yeah, I'm selling it. Man, that, that you won't find another place with running water. Uh, I know it. I know it, but I'm selling it. Uh, what about them truck? Uh, I'm selling it. What about that home you got paid off? Uh, I'm selling it. What about all that land? And them, I'm selling it. It's worth it. I, I got to sell it. What about them vehicles uh, that you own? What about them old trucks that you have? Oh, man, I didn't think you'd ever sell them. Uh, I'm selling it. It's going up for sale today. If you want it, you just put your hands in the air and you start bidding. And man, the bankers and everybody, all your friends, they're gathered around. You're really gonna sell everything. And the auctioneer starts in and he begins to sell. And he begins to sell this and that. And man, all the trucks and the vehicles and the farm, everything goes up for sale. And there's rumor going around. No doubt. Uh, they thought, man, Sister Kelly, she gets 
car and drives up to mom and dad. She said, hey, Aaron's lost his mind. He's went nuts. He's crazy, mom. Dad, I don't know. I've tried talking with this guy. He's went crazy. He's selling everything. He won't let me keep nothing. And, man, Brother Foistel gets on, gets on the phone with Brother Longstein. Brother Longstein, Brother Aaron, what are you doing? Oh, uh, man, Paul and Law, you just don't understand. Uh, man, just, uh, I can't explain it to you. I can try, but you won't truly understand because uh, flipping over to the spiritual realm, it's only spiritually discerned. You gotta spiritually discern. Ah, uh, dad, mom, you, you gotta be in the church. You gotta feel what I feel. Uh, there's no feeling like I feel on a Sunday morning or, or a Sunday night or, or a Wednesday night uh, when they begin to sing uh, and the Shekinah glory uh, begins to move down. Uh, and man, uh, I get goosebumps on the back of my neck and I, I feel something that I've never felt before. Uh, mom, dad, uh, I can try to explain it. Uh, I can try to tell you, uh, but unless you come... Uh, unless you feel what I'm feeling unless you experience what I've been experiencing you're not going to truly understand why I'm selling everything why I'm giving up everything why I'm turning away from everything and the auction goes and man this is sold for $20 and this is sold for $400 and this is sold for $20,000. And when it gets all said and done and they sell everything, Brother DJ, and he gets over there with the auctioneer and he gets his money in his hand and see what they don't know. He's done went to the farmer. He's done made a deal with the farmer that owned the land. Hey, how much are you gonna take? Uh, how much are you gonna give? How much are you gonna have to have for this land? Well, I'll tell you what. I want 200,000 for this piece of property here today. I gotta have 200, all right. And he went home and he knew when he got all said and done, that's how much he had and everything that he owned. And when he got all said and done, man, he realized, hey, I got 200,000 in my hand right here. And he runs to the farmer and he says, hey, I got the money. Let's go to the title company. Let's make a deal. Let's have a sale today. I want that transferred into my name. Now I'm gonna tell you something right here. My Lord, family and friends might think you're crazy. Man, you're gonna what? You're going where? You're going to that church, Brother Walters? You're gonna go over there? You're gonna, woo! You're gonna wanna dress like that? You're gonna wanna look like that? You're gonna give up this and you're gonna give up that? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. They're gonna think you're crazy, but I'm gonna tell you something here today. Oh yeah, man, you're gonna be one of them apostolic tongue-talking holy rollers. Y'all really jump and shout. Y'all really run the aisles at your church. Man, ain't that a little crazy? Oh yeah, to you it might seem crazy. To you it might seem weird, but you don't know what I'm feeling. You don't understand what I'm feeling when I'm at the house of God. You don't understand the joy that I get, the dance that gets in my step when I begin to hear of the goodness of God and what God has done for me. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to dance. It makes me want to run all night. 
Oh, they want to bash you. And I'm going to tell you something. That's the flip side of it. When you get done and you say, honey, Sister Kay, I'm, on, I'm selling it all. Well, what are we going to do, honey? We're going to go buy that piece of property over there. What? What? Just like your friends think about it. Just like family, no doubt, think about you. So what are you talking about? I got family and friends thinks I'm crazy. Man, on this, this land, asked me, he said, are you embarrassed of who you are and what you are? Multi-millionaire. Lands his helicopter right over there in that field sometimes when they're bailing this hay. Man of means. I looked him right in the eye and said, no, sir. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed. I said, because you don't know like I know what God's done for me. You don't know. You don't feel what I feel when I'm at the house of God. You don't feel it. And you know what? They began to go and he sold and here's mom, here's the wife. She's probably thinking he's crazy and here's the in-laws, Brother Longsign. They've done come down. They've come down for the auction. They know he's crazy and here comes Sister Heather and her family and they're down and they're walking around thinking he's crazy. Why? Because he sold all that he had and went and bought this look like little heap junk pile, a piece of property but I'm gonna tell you something. It's not the property. It's not the building and this building, it's grand is beautiful but it's not the building it's what dwells within this building it's the spirit that we feel when we get together with like precious people when iron begins to sharpen iron and we get to rub together and I've been going through a trial and I've been facing circumstances and man I've been down broke busted and disgusted and I don't know what I'm going to do and one of my brothers comes over and he puts his hand around me and he says hey you can make it you you can do it. I'm with you. I'm behind you. I'm praying for you. I'm fasting with you. I got your back. I'm in your corner. What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? I'm talking about, I believe that that man in the parable, if you'll just let me create my part of the parable, he had a little entourage, Brother Tony, when he began, and he had that title in his name, Brother Hal, and that property was his, and nobody could take it away from him, and he owned it free and clear, and he began to make his way, owning nothing, sold everything that he had, and what money he had, Brother Winkler, he just bought this piece of property that didn't look like nothing. But as he made his way, no doubt, the friends and family in the community, they begin to follow him. This man's lost his mind. This man's crazy. What is he doing? Where are you gonna live? What house are you in? This place don't even have a house on it. It don't even have running water. It don't even... My Lord, you ain't got a place to take a bath. You ain't got a place to use the rest. No, I don't. It's just vacant land. It don't have nothing. Where are you gonna live? I'm not worried about that. Where are you gonna bath? I'm not worried about that. And as he began to make his way from the old title company out into the field, family and friends gathered around him. And as he, he got over there, and that's the place that he had mapped out and marked, and he fell down on his knees, and he began to dig in the ground he began to get a stick. Didn't even have a shovel. He sold everything that he had. Sister, didn't even have a shovel to get, dig up. And he began to dig. And they began to, oh, my God, I knew that man was crazy. I knew, look at him. He's digging in the ground. He, 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 
He's digging. What are you doing, man? You lost your mind. I'm sure some of y'all heard it. You lost your mind going to that church. They're crazy over there. I'm being blunt and honest with you today, but I'm preaching a burden that the Lord laid on my heart for you today. And as he began to dig in the field, as he began to dig, you see, what they didn't know was something that he didn't know. He knew where the treasure was. He knew where it was. And as he began to dig, and all of a sudden, the old dirty fingernails full of mud and dirt, a little bit of rock and pebble underneath them. Uh, Brother Mark, it hit on something. It tapped on something. Whoa, wait a minute. What was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Uh, and as he began to dig, Brother Matherly, he began to pull it up. And he reached down, and he got that box, and he pulled that treasure up. All of a sudden, when he lifted the treasure, Brother Mikey Samuel, and all them coins and diamonds and pearls and, and all of that great treasure was laid out before them. And it was far greater than what he had. It was far greater than anything that he ever owned. They didn't think that he was crazy anymore, Brother DJ. They thought that he was the wisest man in the world. They thought, my God, this man has wisdom beyond untold. Why? They went, oh, he's crazy till he's wise. I come to tell you today on judgment day when you're being judged when we're standing in line and when we're letting God judge us and he's pronouncing sins on us and he said enter in thou good and faithful servant thou been faithful come on in they're not going to think that you're crazy anymore they're not going to think that you've been brainwashed anymore Oh, preacher, is it like that? It's just like that. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says there's just one way. There's only one way that leads to life. There's not two or three different directions. There's not two or three different denominations. There's just one way. What do you say? He said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? What does it take to be saved? If it would have took just a sinner's prayer, repent of your sins, and you're good to go, that's what he would have said. But I'll tell you what he said. He said, you gotta repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And when you got all that done, you gotta receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, I don't know about all that, preacher. I'm gonna tell you something today. The treasure, it demands everything. The treasure demands everything. Flip coin, flip side, and I'm trying to be done. I might have stumbled over it, and I might have found it, but I gave everything. What about you that knows? How about you that understands what it takes to be saved and you're not doing it? (laughs) 
The Bible says where little knowns, little is required. But where much is known, much is required. You know what it takes to be saved. We've got some new converts. We've got some new people in this building. They don't understand everything. Give them a break. Give them some time. They need the sincere milk of the word. You don't give a one-year-old, a two-year-old steak and tell him, shove it down his throat and tell him to eat it. You give him milk. Maybe a little nibble here and there, something soft, something that won't choke him up. That's what we got to do with these new babies. Am I picking on anybody this morning? No, sir, no, ma'am, I'm not. But there's some of y'all in here that you know what it takes to be saved. You know what it takes. You're, you're, not, the, you're not the stumble upon and find. You're the seeker. You know what it takes. You know, I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to know and have known what it takes to be saved, and you're going to walk yourself right into hell. You're going to stumble yourself right into hell, and you know the truth. You know what it takes to be saved. You know what it takes, the doctrine, the standard that it takes to be saved. But somewhere along the way, you don't feel like, well, uh, maybe I can buy it with just the means that I have. Maybe, maybe I'll go borrow the money from somebody. Maybe, man, old brother Jordan, he'll, he'll loan me a little money. He's my friend. He'll give me a little. Brother Daniel will pitch in and man, I can put all this together and get enough money to buy this peril. Huh? No, 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 no. That's what the five foolish virgins thought. They thought, hey, I'll just ask of my friends, brother. I'll just ask of the wise ones. Hey, give me a little bit of your oil. Can I have a little bit of your oil? I've ran out. I don't have enough. And the wise, because they are wise and they are not foolish. And they said, no, 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 no. I can't give you none unless I myself don't have enough for when the bridegroom comes. Your husband, your friend, your family ain't gonna be able to buy you to give you the salvation that you need. It's gotta be for yourself. You gotta get it for yourself. You gotta seek it for yourself. Yourself. Oh, preacher. Oh, preacher. I'm going to tell you something today. It demands that you sell everything. Invest yourself fully and completely within the church. What are you talking about? Matthew chapter 16. And I'm trying to close. They'll come to the music. I don't know how much longer I'll be, but I'm trying to shut it down. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 through 26. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whatsoever will lose, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Question mark. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whoo. What would we give? We would give money prestige, name, pride. Well, 
I just don't know if I could stand to be associated with that lifestyle, with that church. I'm going to tell you something here today. It's going to be worth it. They might think you're crazy today, but this church is the most, should be the most important thing in your life. This church should be the most important thing within your family. Dads, this church, come church time. You know what? It shouldn't be a suggestion. It shouldn't be, are we going? No, it should be, honey, where's my clothes at? Son, how come you're not dressed for, daughter, how come you ain't got dressed for church? Oh, daddy, are you serious? Yeah, honey, I'm serious. Why? Why do we gotta go? Why, hon? Because I found the pearl of great price. I found the treasure that was hidden in the field. Say, well, I don't know about it. I didn't know about it. I, I wasn't raised in it. That ain't going to get you out of heaven. That ain't going to get you entering into heaven. You can stand up there before him and you can make all kinds of excuses that you want to. Say, what are you talking about, preacher? If you just go ahead and read 47 and 48 of that chapter 49. Excuses, excuses. The Bible said where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, they had their excuses. Well, wait a minute. We prophesied in your name, and in your name we've done many wonderful works. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Who are you? I don't have your name written here in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, you see, you didn't sell everything that you had. You kept a few things. Woo. You know how Johnny's going to know how to pray? Is if he sees daddy and mama praying in the time of adversity. You're going to know how your kids is going to know to come to church in the time of tribulation, in the time of distress, in the time of brokenness and fear and anxiety and doubt and the cares of this world coming down and financial disaster upon their life and maybe no doubt disaster of bankruptcy or of losing their job. You know how they're going to know how to turn to the church? Is if they see mom and dad turning to the church and their time of anguish and time of discernment. No, no, no. But if they don't see mom and dad coming, guess what they're going to do? They're not going to come either. They're not going to sell everything they have either. They're not going to go seeking the pearl of great price either. They're not going to go sell everything to buy the field either. Why? Because we are, we are creatures of habit. That's why the Bible says, the Bible says, your Bible says, right there, train up a child in the way it should go. And when it gets old, it won't depart from it. 
Brother Ryan, you know how all them kids when you had, what'd you have at one time? Two, three out at one time? Couple out at one time? 50% out, 50% in? Well, you knew, you knew, you know why they're all in the house of God today? Because there come a time when dad said, you know what? I'm, I remember when he was, was out of the church. I'm not glorying in that. But there come a time of the run in your life. And that old stuff out there didn't mean as much anymore. Brother Hanson, them old jacked up dodges didn't mean as much anymore. Saying, is that, no, I'm not saying it's a sin. I got one. Just talking, dealing with life. It could be anything. It could be money, job. It, it could be just the pleasures of this world. Just addictions. But I'll tell you what it is. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's what keeps you out of the house of God. That's what it is. It's what you're thinking about right now. That, that, that thought that's going through your mind right now as I'm speaking. I could get rid of this. This is what's got me held back. This is what's holding me back. This is, this is why I can't com commit 100% to the church. I'm going to tell you something. One thing. Brother Aaron, if he had kept one thing, one picture, one vase, he wouldn't have had enough to buy the field. I'm going to keep this, but I'll let go of this. No, no, no. It's everything, honey. It's everything, sir. Everything. The pearl, it took everything. Well, I got two more pearls sitting at home. I could, I'll, I'll keep them. I think I could sell everything else and keep. No, 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 sir. It's everything. Or it's nothing. Well, help me, God. I'll come to church and I'll feel what I feel. I'll feel that. I feel them goosebumps, Brother Denton. I feel the presence of God when they're singing. I feel the joy to shout. But then I'll go home and I'll still, I'll still partake in what I like. I'll still put on what I like. I'll still watch what I like. I'll still, because I, I, I come and I feel, I feel that spirit and man, it, it makes me, it makes me unction to function. No, sir. No, ma'am. You can come and fill them little doodads if God allows you to fill them till the trumpet sounds. But can I tell you something? I'm pulling for somebody today. I should have done been done, but I. I can't get rid of the burden. You can't put one foot in the church and the other in the world and try to juggle. Young men, can't do it. I'll feel that Shekinah glory in the church and it makes me feel better and I leave. I, it soothes my conscience, my, my old dirty conscience for a little while. But I, I'm going to keep one. When I get out there amongst all my friends, they, they won't know I'm apostolic. 
They won't, they won't know that I'm changed. They won't know that I'm a Christian. They won't know that I'm separate because I'm going to look like them. I'm going to keep acting like them and keep, keep going doing what they do. But I'll, I'll keep this foot. Uh, I'll keep this foot in the church. No. I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. But because you're lukewarm. What's lukewarm? That's when you're coming to church and acting like you're somebody you're not. I look good. I look good when I'm at church. But what what are you on Monday morning? What are you on Tuesday? What are you on Friday night? What are you on Saturday night? No. I'm going to tell you something. It takes sale and everything. Oh, but they're going to think I'm crazy, preacher. Oh, yeah, they're going to think you're crazy. They are. They think I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy, Brother Aaron. I've got some of them. They, they tell me. They do it with a little smirk and a smile and a laugh. And that's okay. But you know what? There's coming a day. There's coming a day, Brother Ryan. They ain't going to think I'm crazy. When they're knocking on the door saying, Noah! Noah, let me in! It's raining! What are you talking about? They didn't know what rain was. It had never rained before. Never rained. Water come up out of the ground and watered the plants and the ground. It had never rained in Noah's day. And for 120 years, Brother Jordan, he hammered and built an ark. He built a boat. What is that? It's a boat. What's a boat do? It's going to float on the water. There's coming a flood one day. And this boat's going to float. And they all laughed and cut up and Brother Jonah, <laughs> it's going to rain. What's that? That's when this man, water's going to fall from the sky. The ground's going to be covered with water. There's going to be no land. And the only people that's going to survive is going to be on this boat. And they, they laughed and they cut up. And, and the Bible said, as it was in the days of Sodom, as it was in the days of Noah, they, they, they ate, gave them a marriage, they partied, they had a good time until the flood come. They partied, they laughed, they juked, they jived. They went to the football games. They stripped their shirts off and painted stuff and and they shoveled snow off of the bleachers like they just did at the Buffalo game and shoveled the snow and they all sat there with snow all piled around them and then think I'm crazy because I come to church and I shout and I worship to a God that hears my prayer and that's healed my body, that's kept my kids, uh, kept the safety of my family, that healed my little boy born at one pound and 11 ounces, uh, just the size of my hand uh, and now he's up in the Sunday school uh, department uh, and he's doing puppets and what else and he's playing the keyboard I see physically brother Samuel's what God done for me and they think they can laugh and cut up and make jokes like they did in Noah's day but I'm going to tell you something it's fixing the rain church it's fixing the rain and it's not the rain of the blessing as brother Thrasher talking about but it's the rain of the judgments of God upon this earth You can laugh and cut up and smile and giggle and poke one another and go out this doors and go back to the world and do the things of the world. I could get plain and blunt here today. I'm going to keep, I'm going to refrain from it. But I feel like some, some of y'all need some bluntness and plainness. 
I don't want to refrain, but you can giggle and laugh and smile. You can go back to the things that's got you bound, the things that's pulled you back into the, the uttermost parts of sin and, and, and desire and fear and anguish and depression. You can giggle and laugh all you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. There's coming a day when that angel, it's going to happen. Say, well, preacher, I'll never, I don't know about it. I'm going to tell you something. Just say that it don't happen, but it is. I promise you it'll happen. You are going to die one day. That's a, that, that is a fact, written, smart, nothing you can do about it. You're going to go the way of the grave. You can take everything out of this book that you don't want, but the Bible says that you're going to die and you're going to face the judgment. You're going to face it. You can giggle and laugh and put the things that's got you bound and the things that keeps you out of the church, the things that you keep missing the church over, the pearl of great price over, and you, I can't give this up, and I can't do, I gotta keep this, and I can't give up that. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, honey, sir, sir, ma'am, young person, when it rains, you're gonna say, open the door, Noah. The Bible said they beat on the door. Open the door, Noah, it's raining. Said, I can't open it. God shut the door. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about today. No matter what status in life, it all is going to cost us the same in this building this morning. Every one of us. Not you ain't going to get by with it. You ain't exempt from it. I know there's times, there's vacation, there's sick. We got some sick this morning. I know there's times it keeps us out of the house of God. I understand. I'm not preaching about that today. But you know when you could be here. You know the way you're living. You know the things that you know that's not right to God. You know it. I ain't got to name them. I ain't got to call you out. I ain't going to do nothing. I'm not here to embarrass them. But you know. You know. And I'm here to tell you this morning, unless you get rid of it, unless you throw it in the auction, unless you sell it, it's going to keep you from buying this great treasure here today. What's the treasure? It's more than the church. It's eternal life. It's hear him saying, well done. Enter in. It's turning off all the cold, turning on just the hot and saying, God, whatever you have for me. God, however you want me to live, however you want me to be. Say, Brother Caleb, yeah, I said it. I'm going to say it again. I've studied this book. I've tried to show Brother Donnie myself approved, rightly dividing the word of God. My son yesterday, I felt bad. He said, Dad, all you do is study. But I want to know this word, Brother Aaron. I want to know what this word says. I don't want to preach something that was just told to me and believe it because it was just told to me. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
but I want to know what the book says. Brother Matherly, I've studied this word front to back. I've studied it. I've read it. I've dug into it. Say, preacher, does it take everything that you stand for? I believe it does. I really do. Oh, is there a few little, maybe, standard things that Maybe, but I believe the standard that we hold at this church is a standard of holiness. The other things I have to question myself about, Brother Mark, there's a a question in my mind. And so when I get to heaven, I don't want there to be any question, Brother Tony, if I'm saved. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Is he going to say, well done or depart? But when I stand on that great day, on that judgment day, I want to know beyond without fear and without favor that he's going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful. And I believe everything that I live for, Brother Josiah, everything that I stand for, everything that I preach, I've dug it out of this book right here. And I'm not going to trade. And y'all going to know what I think I know for what I know. I'm going to stay with the book. I'm going to sell everything that I got. Everything. It ain't worth it. Vase, the little thing. The Bible said it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. It's the little things that you don't want to let go of. Well, this is, uh, it ain't ain't that big of a deal. It's just, no, that little thing, if you keep it, you ain't going to have enough money to buy the treasure, to buy the pearl. As they sing something here this morning, I'm done. I'm way beyond. I've rambled, but I've had a burden. I'd like to open these altars here today and let you know that you've got to sell out. Say, well, preacher, I'd like this to kneel at my pew. Why don't you just sell out today and come to the altar and let God know, God, I'm selling out here today. So there's not enough front pews let God make a statement make a statement to your family make a statement to your children make a statement to God